And welcome back into the latest edition of the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. And after dark edition of the Blue Horseshoe Podcast, we are recording late on Monday because, George, we have some big-time breaking news, and that is the fact that reports are out there that Colts defensive back Isaiah Rogers is busted for gambling on the Colts, uh, or making, I should say, multiple wagers, hundreds of wagers. Some do, uh, in fact include Colts games and now right now the NFL is investigating if they because nothing's been confirmed as we're recording this by the NFL themselves we do have an apology which we'll read to you from Isaiah Rogers but in terms of official league notice or Colts notice nothing has been made official just yet but all reports are confirming that Isaiah Rogers did place hundreds of bets on the NFL including some on Colts games and it looks to be bare minimum George Isaiah Rodgers right now will not be on the Colts for at least the 2023 season. Looking at precedent here recently, unfortunately, there's a lot of recent precedent. And when you look at that, yeah, it looks like one year is, is again, the bare minimum. Uh, It's tough to say right now because none of those other players bet on their own team, uh, which seems to have been the case here. So we'll see how hard the league wants to come down on that. Obviously, if he bet against them, I think that's going to even look worse. Um, but let me say this, if he, if he bet again, we don't know, right? We just only bet on Colts games where there's four against. We don't know if he bet against he's done in the NFL, right? Like there's no way you can allow him to play again in this league. Unfortunately, I would think so. I mean, you hate to speculate on anything of that seriousness, but it just, it, 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 you look what happened to Pete Rose in baseball and you think about the, the serious questions it raises about the integrity of the game. Yeah, I mean, I I think this is going to be something the league takes extremely seriously. You know, part of the problem is it's legal for NFL players to bet so long as they're not doing it on NFL games and so long as they're not doing it in an NFL facility. So he's kind of a three-time offender here. If reports bear out, if if that's, you know, if if all of this pans out uh, in the way the reports are right now, he bet on NFL games. He did it inside the Indiana Farm Bureau Football Center, and he bet on the Colts. So, you know, oh, yeah. I, that's not my strong suit, but I'm thinking the NFL's got precedent if they want to to go three years here right off the bat to just say it's three times the offense of Calvin Ridley. I don't know what they're going to do. I have no idea what they're going to do. It's complete speculation at this point, which is irresponsible on my part. But at the same time, I'm just looking at what is out there from the reports the way they are right now, this could be a very serious offense. And I'm, I'm sure it will be within the league office. I mean, just by, like I said, past precedent, when you're betting on NFL games in general, we have seen it be a year. Now, some Lions players, and there's five players for them Lions that got busted earlier this year, but those guys were not betting either on NFL games or when they were betting, it was in the facility. But again, it was on college football for, in the case of Jamison Williams, I know they're saying it was betting on college football games, but it was at the facility. That's why some of those players got six games. Well, when you're betting on the NFL, from what we've seen so far, for what the league has done to previous players, that's bare minimum a year. And like I said, now that you're betting on the Colts, I mean, Calvin Ridley, I believe, had a parlay that included the Falcons at one point. So he was technically betting on the Falcons. We'll see, you know, if he's betting he was against injured the Colts. and wasn't even on the roster and he's going mm, down. So true. that's another Isaiah Rogers started nine games last year. That's a career high for him. You know, it's, it's, 
it's a unique situation. There's precedent, but this is also an unprecedented violations. If, if it all pans out, you know, that this is something we haven't seen before. So um, yeah, I think it's going to be hugely serious violation as far as the league goes. And I hate to see it for anybody, um, but you hate to see it for Isaiah. He's, he's a kid that's beloved in the locker room. I don't think you're going to find too many people with a bad thing to say about him, uh, but this is the kind of mistake you just can't make. You cannot. And we'll get into what it means for the Colts and their future at corner in this season in a second here. But like initial reaction, George, I'll be honest, I'm pissed. And I'm pissed not even because like now Isaiah Rogers is not going to be on the field, presumably for the entire season. Who knows if he plays again for the Colts? We'll see, you know, what kind of happens from this. But I'm just pissed because this is so avoidable. It's almost common sense at this point not to do it. And yet, for whatever reason, he thought, oh, I'm going to do it and not get caught. Like, you read some of the details that are out there, and credit to Sports Handle was the first one to, to break this initial story of, of a Colts player being investigated. But from their reporting, they talked about in the play we learned later, first by Destin Adams, later confirmed by ESPN to be Isaiah Rogers Sr. But when they were reporting the initial story, they were talking about a Colts player making, quote-unquote, pervasive wagering activities. They claim it was 100 bets made over an undisclosed amount of time, some that included the Colts, and the account was opened in the name of an associate. And that last part, George, really just gets me so frustrated because he obviously knows I can't be betting. He obviously had the wherewithal and the awareness to be like, if I open this account under my name, I'm getting busted, I'm getting flagged right away. And he thought he was above the rules or he could get away with it. And what I understand is just, what is the benefit, George? Like, truly... What is the benefit when you are getting millions of dollars to play in the NFL to bet money and try to win a few extra bucks uh, on games where that could you literally risk your entire career? Like, like at least according to the article, George, they're talking about most bets are like in the $25 to $50 range. So the thing say, you are doing, 50, you're not putting $50,000 on the line to win half a mil. And even if you are still, it's not worth it. But it's like, how dumb can you be after seeing Calvin Ridley alone get suspended for an entire year? You think, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to get caught. And this 300 bucks I win on a side parlay is going to be worth it. It's so stupid. And I, like, you've talked about it. He's a, by all accounts, he's a great kid. So this is not like a, I'm not trying to attack him, but it's just like the stupidity of just like thinking you could get away with it. It's just, I have no sympathy. Now, at this point, George, the, the rules are very well known. If you want to break them, that's on you. I have no sympathy for him. And whatever punishment the NFL hands down, harsher than a year, bare minimum a year, he deserves it. He deserves it. it it's going to be big. You know, I, I can't imagine it won't be. And you talk about, you know, there's safeguards in place around all of this. I'm sure one of the reasons it had to be an associate is that the the companies that, that take the bets, DraftKings, whoever it was, you know, that, that's out there, whichever app he's working through, they have to make reasonable effort to make sure that the bets aren't being placed by athletes who are involved in these sports. So they're not going to take an account with his name on it. Um, you know, so that, right there is part of that. But also, you were talking about, you know, Calvin Ridley lost all of last season. You would hope and believe that would be enough to end this. Rodgers is now the sixth guy suspended since April for this. Uh, four Lions, one commander, and him. And the two of the Lions got released after after they were in there. So you don't know. I mean, we don't know what the league's going to do. 
you know what the team's going to do when all this comes down? Two of the lines released, seven guys, six before him. Of those six, three of them aren't with the team they were with when this was done. Ridley was obviously traded to Jacksonville in November uh, and was reinstated this spring and will we'll come back, but not with the Falcons. It may be a trade up for him. We could argue uh, going from the Falcons to the Jaguars to the defending division champs, but he's not with his original team. And uh, two of the Lions that were involved in this are no longer with Detroit. So the Colts are going to have decisions to make here. They're going to have, you know, whatever punishment they want to hand out. The league's going to have decisions to make here. I don't think it's unreasonable to think that we may have seen him play in a horseshoe for the last time. And to use part of a great point, it's and also too from reports there around Memorial Day, there's another kind of wave of investigation. So I don't think Isaiah Rogers is going to be the last player we're going to find out about that's going to get in trouble for gambling. It appears, at least according to initial reports, that there are more players that are going to be exposed, we'll say, going forward. But that's what I don't understand. This is bigger than Isaiah Rogers for a second. It's you just mentioned it was Calvin Ridley last year. He was the only player going from 2021 to 2022 that got busted for gambling, and it was for an entire year. How was the timeline backwards, or the numbers, I should say, backwards, where it was one massive suspension, and then a year later, right now, bare minimum, six guys get busted for it a year later after seeing the ramifications and getting, by nothing else, a reminder of how serious the league is taking it. How do then at least six other players say, hey, I'll be fine. Ah, no, they won't catch me. It's no problem. The the league has, I think this is worth bringing up, George, because I, this really conversation has been festering for like a year, ever since the entire Calvin Ridley thing is, uh, suspension has been, well, why come the NFL players can't gamble? The NFL is in bed with gambling. All they do is promote gambling. It's unfair. The players can't do it. Here's the reality. If you're an NFL player, two things. Number one, celebrities, anyone, but athletes obviously included this. There's a new set of rules. There are plenty of things that we can do, me and you, on a daily basis that celebrities, athletes cannot do. Gambling is one. Your employer says you cannot gamble. You can't You can't do it. You can't do it. But also, too, George, the reason why the NFL does it, they don't want to become the WWE. Because as soon as now there's a gambling scandal, and as soon as now you have players that are playing in the games, like it appears, again, reportedly, so this is not confirmed, but it, it it's being reported that Isaiah Rogers bet on the Colts last year. If he was playing in the games, you don't have a player betting on the outcome. He was betting against the Colts, and he's playing in the game. And all of a sudden now, he has an impact, and the Colts lose. And you're a fan, and you're upset because your team lost. Or even worse, you bet money on the Colts to win, and they lose. All of a sudden now, that doubt creeps in. Defense everywhere of, are we sure these outcomes are real? And as soon as that doubt creeps in, all of a sudden, a lot of people stop betting, which means all of a sudden the sports books stop giving the NFL money. And guess what? All of a sudden, the NFL starts losing a big profit share. And also, people stop watching. If the outcomes are fixed, it, you lose a lot of intrigue in sports. That's why the NFL and other leagues are taking gambling so seriously. There's even a doubt of a fixed outcome or a question of, is this actually rigged? The whole, basically, entire system of the way sports were built and founded on starting to crumble. And that's why I expect this to be a really stiff penalty because you figure they're going to try to make this a, a very huge deterrent because he was on the field, allegedly betting on his team. Either way, I don't think they're going to look at that favorably. Even if he was betting betting them for their win, it's not going to be any different. Yeah. I don't think it's going to make, 
it'll be worse if he was betting against them. But even if he's betting for them, I don't think it's going to be – it's not going to give him any kind of benefit here. Uh, and, I, and I think they're going to want to throw the book at him. They're going to want to tell everybody else this because of what you just said. The integrity of the game is at stake here. You want to send a message to everybody else that this is not going to be something that, that's going to be accepted. So I do expect it to be a, a stiffer penalty than Ridley got. We'll see. You never know. The NFL – you get five games for wearing the wrong color socks and you get one game for robbing a bank. I mean, they do things that don't make sense all the time. Uh, so if there's some other outcome, I think we're just going to shake our head at it. But logic right now would dictate that this is going to be a stiffer penalty than anybody else has gotten to this point because it seems like it's a steeper violation of the rules. If, again, the investigation finds that these allegations are all true, as far as the argument about the NFL being in bed with with gambling and and you know why I can't the, I always thought that was interesting. My newspaper advertises liquor. Can I go drink whiskey in the in the office? Are they going to be okay with that? Because there's ads in the. I, I doubt it. I think they're probably going to be a little bit upset if I'm doing that on the job or or in the press box and say, hey, my paper advertises this. It's okay. Because if so, I, I could have used it last year towards the end of the season. <laughs> but. The point is, I, it makes no sense in any other business. That I, I don't, I think that argument flies. You can argue about how stiff the penalty should be, but it all goes back to exactly what you were talking about. The integrity of the game is the most important thing. You know how this league reacts when they feel like the shield has been tarnished. In my eyes, we'll see how they they look at it. In my eyes, this is one of those cases that that might involve tarnishment of the shield. And I'm glad you brought up a harsher punishment than Calvin Ridley because you took, you brought up a point that I didn't really think about too is the fact that like what differentiates is Rodgers is playing in these games. Like Calvin Ridley was out for I think most of the season. I forget if it was official or not, but he was out not playing when these bets are made. He's away from the Falcons. He took a mental health leave in 2021. So he wasn't on the field participating in the bet he placed. He was just making bets on games. And when the Lions players, they were either betting in facility or betting on other games as well. But Isaiah Rogers Sr. right now, from what we know, is the first NFL player to be betting on his team while playing in the game, which you're right. That could be right now the stiffest penalty we see because that truly is getting as close to breaking the integrity of the game and, and as close to putting doubt in people's heads as you could possibly get. And so if you're the NFL, clearly for whatever reason, I don't know why, George, Clearly, for whatever reason, the one-year suspension for Calvin Ridley did not hit home for some of these players. So I don't know if a harsher penalty is going to serve as a wake-up, but clearly something needs to get through. And I, I would agree with you in the sense that I do think a harsher penalty than even a year could be could be coming for Isaiah Rogers, and it's probably more likely than not at this point. He's played his his last game as a Colt. He did put out a um, an apology. We were recording this at basically 10.30, so we put it out just about an hour ago. This is from Isaiah Rogers Sr. on his social media. Quote, addressing the current reports, I want to take full responsibility for my actions. I know I have made mistakes, and I am willing to do whatever it takes to repair the situation. The last thing I ever wanted to do was to be a distraction to the Colts organization, my coaches, and my teammates. I've let people down that I care about. I made an error in judgment, and I am going to work hard to make sure that those mistakes are rectified through this process. It's an honor to play in the NFL, and I've never taken that lightly. I am very sorry for all of this. George, 
He never said the word gambling. He never basically apologized for or, or said what he was apologizing for. We connected that to two and two. He, that is basically the close thing right now. It's on the record of him acknowledging, I did everything right now that they're accusing me of doing. He definitely is at least acknowledging that that he's being investigated. I mean, I think never use the word investigation. Like you said, never use the word gambling, wager, bet, anything like that. Uh, but he's acknowledging the reports, which are that he's under investigation. Uh, and I think that's he's absolutely acknowledging that part of it. Um, and sounds like he's taking responsibility for something. I mean, he said he's taking responsibility for his actions. So certainly believes that he did something here that that's crossed the line. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I mean, I don't know what the team's going to do. The timing on his part, there's never a good time to do this. But I think it's particularly bad in his spot right now in line to be a starter this year for the first time, a full season starter in the final year of his rookie contract. Um, you know, he was under a four year, $3.4 million deal, which is not bad, but in the NFL, that's not a lot of money. That's not the money he would make if he came out this season and had a good year as a starter and hit the free agent market or got an extension from the team probably would triple that. I would think at least in total money. Uh, and now, that's under serious jeopardy, you know, his earning power moving forward. Only 25 years old. It's it's a terrible situation to put yourself in, you know, and I don't I on as I said at, at start, on the one hand, I feel bad for him because he is by all accounts a really good kid. I don't think you're going to hear many people have anything bad to say about him. On the other hand, this is self-inflicted wound. This is no one is really responsible for this aside from him. So it's a tough situation. And I think he's going to face a stiff punishment for it. And again, when you open an account in your friend's name, you know what you're doing. You can't claim ignorance or claim, oh, I thought the rules were different, blah, blah, blah. And just pretend like, oh, miscommunication. He knew exactly what he was doing. Like I said, he knew the ramifications. He, there's plenty of evidence right in front of you to say this is what happens if you do it. Decided I'm going to do it anyway. Um, before we get to what it means now for the Colts, DBs, and really even um, his future as well, I do randomly, just because we were talking about OTAs today, the last open session was on Friday. Before that, it was, what, Thursday? Was, like, yeah. from the details, like, this is not one of those things where the investigation started today. Like, like You hear a lot of the, or you, I should say, read a lot of the details from Sports Handle they gave very detailed accounts, which means the investigation was probably wrapping up and concluding by this point, not starting. So it's safe to say, I would assume the Colts were in the know and maybe were aware of this for, let's just say, a few weeks, bare minimum. I'm just going to guess. Was he at OTAs, George? Like, we never really talked about him so far. Was he there on the field? Could you see him? He was there. He was in person. I do not recall. I was talking with other other guys on the beat. I do not recall seeing him in an 11 on 11 setting. It doesn't mean it didn't happen. There's a lot going on. There's a certain guy we're all paying a little more attention to out there than, than anyone else. Uh, so if, if it's not number five, then probably <laughs> it slipped under the radar, but I don't recall him being out there for in 11 on 11 at the two live practices we've been at doesn't mean again could have been out there the entire time when we weren't there the other thing to me though that that's telling as far as you know how much advanced knowledge this team might have they drafted three cornerbacks 
in April. That's, That's a true. big number. And I know it was a good quarterback draft, and I understand, you know, the logic behind that. But three of them, it raised some eyebrows then. They needed help there. We talked about it right after the draft. But I think that's an indication that they at least feared something might be down the road. Yeah, that is to uh, that's a good point. That is for sure. Now you look at this defensive secondary. Look, it was already pretty inexperienced anyway with Kenny Moore being really only true veteran presence back there. But at least Isaiah Rogers had some experience and some playing time. And now you look, George, it's you have Kenny Moore in the slot, right? And I mean, look, you could be looking at a possible outside starting duo of Julius Brents and maybe Dallas Flowers or Darius Rush. Well, you could be talking about a, a very, very young secondary with probably second year safety Rodney Thomas and maybe Julian Blackman, who's in year four, right? But sure. even still, because he's had injuries as well, he's had trouble staying on the field. So we're talking about, again, outside of Kenny Moore, I mean, quick math, probably the four other four starters out of the five secondary players combining for 25, 30, 35 games. It's going to be very yep. inexperienced and very youthful. Your top three outside corners are, like you said, probably two rookies and a second-year guy who was an undrafted rookie a year ago. It's not an ideal situation. It wasn't with Isaiah Rogers in the mix. It's something we were talking about before when we were talking about the possibility this defense takes a step back was how much inexperience there is on the back end, you know, in that secondary, just even with him here, without him, Kenny Moore is the, the ancient person here and he's not 30. I mean, it's, it is a very young room. I, I talked to Julian Blockman independently of this, you know, on, on Friday about, this is kind of odd, you know, there's change every year, but you look around how young this room is. And he said, yeah, you know, I feel a responsibility to, to be a leader here because I'm in year four and that makes me a guy who needs to step up and be a leader in this group. And now that's even more the case. Um, and that was not in relation to Isaiah Rogers, but when you take, as you said, one of the more veteran guys in that group out, it only got younger since then. So He's not out yet officially, but I, I don't think there's any scenario I can think of realistically that he plays this year. I'm with you. 100%. I would be beyond floored, beyond floored to say the least, unless it's a case of mistaken identity. Like, other than that, I don't know what else that could happen where it's either a lesser suspension or no suspension uh, at all. That is for sure. So, bare minimum, bracing yourself for him being out the entirety of 2023, which is also – Frustrating too. Like, look, it's one thing if the Colts were Super Bowl contenders and they were going for it this year, and this was a guy of Stefan Gilmore's elk and experience. Obviously, that's a huge loss. But it's just more frustrating that in a year, George, where wins and losses don't matter whatsoever, where you can kind of just basically it's a year to see who can play and who's going to be in your roster going forward. This is an amazing opportunity for him. Like, this was his chance to really play his way to being one of the Colts' premier corners. And he just threw it away. And honestly, but like, we'll see how a lot of the young guys play. But if, if Brents comes in and plays and adapts quickly, I know corner's kind of one of those tough positions where it is tough to, especially early on as a rookie, outside of Sauce Gardner with the Jets, it's tough to have success. Usually it's a lot of uh, bumps along the way. But it's like if they show you something, if Brents can at least show you some stability and maybe Rush kind of comes in and because he's forced to start batches by fire, he eventually gets on. And all of a sudden now you got, you know, a nice 10 going along, like 
that he probably just blew a, a legitimate chance here to, to kind of earn a starting spot and be again, one of, uh, you know, be a corner, be a cornerstone corner. Like that's also another thing too, George Colts do not have a lot of these young guys that develop into a corner and have them be on the team for eight, 10 years. And not that Rogers would have developed into that, but he had the chance to like, this was his year to kind of prove it and just frustrated in a massive year contract year, prove it year chance for him to kind of cement at least the number one corner status on the outside for the Colts. Just he blew the opportunity before he could even get it. No, absolutely. It, it was a golden opportunity in front of him. Uh, like I said, I think he would have been in line to be a full-time starter for the first time in his career. Uh, and to do that in a contract year, that's a dream scenario for a lot of the guys in this league. Anybody getting his start any point in their career is a dream scenario. But when you're doing it in a contract year and you're going to have a chance to get an extension from your club or get a new deal somewhere else at a position as valued as corner, I, you can't really even begin to, to tally up the money that he's got potentially costing himself right now in terms of future earnings. I, I don't even want to know where that would go if, if these allegations prove to be true and he ends up being suspended for a lengthy period of time as the expectation would be. But I think one thing about the NFL and that next man up mentality, it's now a golden opportunity for Dallas Flowers. It's a golden opportunity for Juju Brents. It's a golden opportunity for Darius Rush. It's a golden opportunity for Jalen Jones. Everybody down that road has now taken another step up and had another chance. These young rookies, they were already going to get thrown to the fire. I think we already right. kind of felt like that. We were talking about that to begin with. And now they're all they've got. You know, barring some surprising trade or veteran signing, it's Dallas Flowers and three rookies that, that you're really looking at uh, who are probably going to have to carry a lot of this load. Absolutely. And it just, again, it goes back to, I just, I don't understand the cost-benefit analysis of you thinking a few 25 or $50 bets is worth it when you're risking literally millions of dollars on your contract going forward that you could lose out on it, and he will. Now, we are just looking up, well, I was just looking up before, his contract will roll over for however long he's suspended for. Let's just say it's a year, and the Colts decide to bring him back. He will be under contract next year for right now, what he's scheduled to make this year in the final year of, you mentioned before, a four-year, three-and-a-half, $3.4 million deal he got. So he will at least be back whenever, whether to the Colts or someone else, he will be back. Uh, on his final year, and it will be a contract year again. But again, can't be trusted. Is the team really going to, you know, even if you play well with the Colts or someone else, let's just say it's with the Colts, George. He comes back in twenty one year suspension. He plays in 20, 2024, plays well. If you're the Colts, then you're going to pay top flight or, or, you know, a good chunk of money for a corner that you, you can't trust to maybe not make a dumb mistake and, and put himself, maybe not gambling, but something else, prevent himself being on the field. It's it's a, it's a tough risk to give a guy, you know, $20, 25000000 million as we're now we're starting to see the corner market rise with the wide receiver market. It's going to be a large chunk of money to, to to put a guy with kind of this in, in his uh, in his past. There'll be a lot of fences that need to be mended, you know, no matter where, whatever the next step is for him. Uh, there's a lot of trust that needs to be earned back, and, and that's part of this, this process. That's why, for me, I think, you know, you were talking about the initial reaction. For me, I think it's heartbreaking because it's heartbreaking for the kid. It's heartbreaking for the team. It's heartbreaking for his family. It's heartbreaking for the people that helped him get to this spot, the coaches, the, you know, all the people are involved. I mean, these, 
these guys that you see on the field, in a lot of ways, they're industries upon themselves these days. You know, they, they'll be the first to tell you they didn't get here alone. They've got position coaches and they've got agents and they've got, you know, some of them have managers and, and brand officials or, or whatever, you know, may be involved uh, and families. And I know he's got two young children. So, you know, it's, it's, for me, it is a very avoidable, tragic thing that happened. Is it the worst thing in the history of the NFL? No. And that's one thing I want to point out here. He didn't break any laws. Everything he did was legal in the United anyone. States. He broke NFL rules, which probably from the NFL standpoint is worse. I mean, that's a whole conversation for another day. But probably from Roger Goodell's point of view, it's probably worse. But I do want to point out, you know, there there are people in the league who have done far worse than what he's done. But at the end of the day, he's probably going to face one of the stiffer penalties we've seen because of what it means for the integrity of the game or could potentially mean for the integrity of the game. Maybe it'll come out that it's less than what is out there. Maybe it'll come out that he didn't bet on the Colts. I don't think that's been a hundred percent confirmed yet that you have two different uh, outlets now reporting it. So, you know, it, it seems pretty solid, but we've seen a lot of things change. I mean, if anything, in the last three or four years, you've learned that news stories like this are fluid. So we'll see how it develops. But right now, I just think it's a, a tragic mistake uh, that was 100% avoidable. You use the word heartbreaking. I'll use the word frustrating to kind of give a one-word summation. Just because, like you said, it's frustrating that he had this golden opportunity flush it down the toilet. Frustrating that uh, a kid who's been a – been a good kid like just like now all of a sudden cost himself just like rooting from him from a a human perspective you're rooting for a guy like that to have success and take this opportunity and run with it and it's frustrating that he cost himself this opportunity and it's also frustrating that he thought he wasn't going to get caught or frustrating that he thought he was above the nfl rules and thought he was just going to be fine and just get away with it no problem like that that's that's is just the most frustrating part like you can like a mistake is like, I guess the tough part for me, George, is like, if I would, like, when it comes, I would classify what Calvin Ridley did as a mistake. He was the first one. Should he probably known you couldn't gamble? Yes, but you're not playing in the game. You're doing like a parlay. I'll, I'll support my team. I'll support the Falcons. I'm not playing, but I just want to support my guys. Here's 10 bucks for them to win the game. Harmless, but again, I get why the NFL is coming down without a doubt. But that's like, to me, a mistake where it's like, oh, I really didn't know. I got hit with it. I'll be better. There was just so many warning signs for Isaiah Rodgers not to do it that I can't even really consider it a mistake anymore just because he just kind of went out of his way to do it anyway. And that's even more frustration that it's not just like a, a innocuous mistake. He's not being naive. He just truly just kind of cratered right now his career and did so willingly. And that is just very frustrating. Very, very frustrating. That That is the word I just keep coming back to just because... Yeah, this there's no excuse now. No excuse. He, to, I guess to his credit, I'll give him this. He didn't deny it and or try to make an excuse. How many times do we mm-hmm. see athletes get busted for steroids, for breaking the rules, for doing something they should be, shouldn't be doing, and right away, I would never do that. This is a ridiculous report. I'm going to fight it. And like an hour later, oh, yeah, man, I may have done it. So at least he didn't go down that line. At least he kind of said right away with the statement we read to you about five minutes ago that – yeah, I did it. I'm going to learn from it. I'll be better, and I apologize. But still, just very, very frustrating. Now, 
This, I'm intri- How do you think the Colts will handle this on Wednesday? Wednesday's the final OTA public practice to the media. So that'll be the first time I'm assuming that Shane Sykin will obviously be talking about it. We'll see what happens if there's a press conference on Tuesday. But let's just say there's no press conference on Tuesday, George. Like, do you expect Chris Ballard to be like that? To me, it feels almost like a Ballard topic more than a Steichen t- uh, topic. Probably eventually it'll be a Ballard topic. It might even be an Ursa to- topic at some point here. Uh, but I don't think they're going to do much on Wednesday. We'll see. My guess is they're going to say that they got to let the investigation play out and they don't want to speak until it's complete. And that's what you usually see in these situations. If the league and makes an announcement between now and Wednesday, that could change. You know, if they come out and, and a suspension is handed down or they clear him somehow of, of all of these clock, these charges um, or accusations, then, you know, they, they'll speak. But my guess right now is it's 32 teams in the league. And I think 32 of them would handle it that way. We'll say that there's an active investigation and they're basically they're going to stand on the statement they made today. They know that there's an active investigation and they have no further comment at this time. Yeah, that's good. You're right about that. It's still it's still open investigation, especially with Shane Steichen. You know him. He he finds the the best ways to kind of wiggle out of answering questions. You're probably right. So this is going to be definitely now another subplot to what was already an interesting and we'll call youthful Colts season. Um, but there you go. Nice little Monday news dump. George Colts player Isaiah Rodgers up, right? busted for gambling. And I'll tell you. The thing of it, you know, going back to the to the statement, the one thing I do appreciate about that is it wasn't a non-apology apology. It wasn't, I'm sorry for anyone I might have offended. And, you know, it was, I'm going to take responsibility for what I did. So from that standpoint, I'm not surprised. I, that's I, that's kind of guy he is. Uh, he's also probably one of the most online players on the roster. He's, he's always been very aware of what's being said about him out there, is quick to respond to people, especially if they're praising him. He likes to retweet videos of, from practice or, you know, people last year when a lot of people were trying to push to get him to make more, more playing time, he was aware of that. He responded to a lot of that. So I'm not surprised that there was a statement from him and we'll see. I will say the Colts have been really good about getting people out in front of these situations when they can. I mean, I, I go back to Marlon Mack when he made the trade demand and we had a presser with him that week. You know, there aren't a lot of teams that do that. And that goes to Matt Connie, who's the the PR guy there. Uh, he just does a tremendous job of, of getting the media what they need. I don't know if this is a situation where they're going to be able to, honestly, until the until the investigation is complete. If you were, and this might be a tough question, but figure me, this is a fine way to close. If he's suspended for one year, if you were team, would you welcome him back? It's a really tough question. It's one of these things. I think I, you you still got to digest a lot of of what actually happened. You know what I mean? Um, the hundreds of, of bets, I think ESPN was saying over a hundred. So I hate to use the hundreds word, but that was the initial report. Yeah. Uh, that to me is like, if it's five or six, okay. Maybe it was a momentary lapse in judgment. Still a really bad idea. If it's over a hundred, that's a repeated act. It's something that you were continuing to do. I, I don't know. You know, it's one of those times where there's a reason the Jim Irsay and, and Chris Bauer make a lot more money than I do. Uh, and they've got to make decisions like this. But you know, if it's somebody on my staff and I had to make a decision like this, I think it's something I would legitimately take a long time thinking. I don't know if I'd go in the darkness like Aaron Rodgers, but this is one of those moments where maybe 
that's appropriate because it, it's a very I would want to know why. What were you just trying to get away with something? Was it an adrenaline rush, a thrill to be doing something you knew you weren't supposed to do? You know, is there an addiction involved here? I I would want to know why. And I think that the answers to that would help me determine what steps I want to go forward as a team. Also, too, I think you got to prove it this season. Like, obviously, he's not going to be around. But what steps are you taking to make sure this mistake is not made again? We've seen plenty of athletes get second chances. I think rightfully so when you learn about whatever you, whatever mistake it is, right? We've seen plenty of athletes in different areas mess up, sit out, get suspended for legal issues, non-legal issues. But it's like, what are you doing then to make sure your life is where it should be, where you can be trusted again? And again, trust is earned, right? Not given. So it's not like, oh, I deleted the the app, the gambling app for my phone. Now just welcome it back and treat me like, you know, this never happened and pretend like the, the whole 2023 season, which I wasn't there, just pretend it never happened. So it just, if he is willing to earn people's trust back, if he's willing to do the things, maybe not even get help. Maybe you just thought, oh, you know what, screw it. Like I'll just make a few bucks and it's not an addiction per se, but you learn why that's bad. You learn basically how to curb whatever you're trying to do and you're not gambling in general and you're, you're making other changes in your life to make your life better. Like as a TV, at least you want to see that, okay, everyone makes mistakes. No one's perfect. But if you learn from them, if you understand what happened, if you take accountability, which so far he has done, at least with posting this statement on Monday night, it's a start. And like you said, I, I'm with you also. It's going to take time. Right? It's maybe unfair for me to ask this question two hours after the story breaks. And if he's suspended for a bare moon the entire year, there's so much time that could elapse that could be a both positive and a negative. But I do think, to your point, time is definitely something that every single player, Chris Ballard, Shane Sykin, Jim Mercer, need to take into account and just kind of digest and see how Isaiah himself is doing and changing things around his life to make sure he can be trusted again. Because again, it's not just, oh, he's back, let's go. It's, well, he's back in 2024, presumably, playing in a contract year. And if he plays up to a big-time level, now it's, okay, we trust him to be back on the team. Now can we trust him to handle a top five corner salary and trust that he's not going to do something dumb again? It's a lot It's a lot of trust that has to re- be rebuilt between now and then. It's it's going to take a, a very long time. A ton. And if, if I'm Isaiah from a personal standpoint, I'm seeking out two people because I think all the steps that you were talking about as far as what needs to happen. I think there are two people in, in a somewhat recent past who are kind of the shining examples of, of how you deal with something like this and how you come back. Pat McAfee, who had that famous dip in the canal and was able to, he owned it and turn it into a t-shirt. And he said at the time, a lot similar to what Isaiah Rogers said today, his, his initial apology. And he followed through. There was never another incident like that. The rest of the time with the Colts. And now he's the multi-billion dollar sports media mogul uh, and on his way to ESPN. So I think he's a guy who obviously did it in this city with this franchise. That if I'm Isaiah Rogers, I'm talking to him. How'd you rebuild trust? How'd you get the, the organization back behind you? How'd you get your teammates? And the other one's Kyle Larson. I think there were people in the pandemic when, when he made his egregious error uh, who thought his career might be over, that he would never drive a NASCAR again. And he went out and he got involved in a lot of different organizations. He raced on dirt tracks all across the country. 
came back, won a NASCAR championship, is you know still one of the top guys in 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 that organization right now. If I'm Isaiah Rogers, I'm looking at those two guys and I'm just saying, what'd you do? No matter where I end up next, no matter what my next step is, if it's here, if it's in the CFL, I don't know what's next for him. But I would look at those two guys and and I would find out how because I think they're probably the two for me that come to mind most who had a situation where people thought they might be done. I mean, you're a punter and you got arrested the way Matt Pat McAfee did. You might be done. And you're a NASCAR yeah. driver on that stage in the middle of the racial revolution that was going on in 2020. And you do what Kyle Larson did. You might be done. They both bounce back and, I, and it would be worth sitting down and picking their brains. The only one, the, not that it's funny, but the Pat McAfee one, he made a t-shirt out of it. I just don't know if Isaiah maybe... I mean, not the best he didn't make a Rogers gambling corner t-shirt or maybe yeah. like uh something like that. The t-shirt may not be the best the idea. <laughs> Probably don't want to go there. Uh, but you know, I think what Pat was able to do in terms of getting back and getting the big money, getting a big contract from the Colts mm-hmm. after that. Uh, I think that's something that he can learn from. That's that's a great point. That that really is. And say so he's it's gonna take a lot of steps for him to rebuild the trust. First, we do have to find out when it's official and what the suspension will be. And like I said, I, we both anticipate an even longer suspension than Calvin Ridley just because it's kind of double jeopardy in, in a way, if you catch that office reference, of betting on NFL games, betting on the Colts. If you want to tri- triple, like you were saying, the trifecta, playing in the games, presumably, you were gambling on. That's the only we we not had for a fact. We also don't know if he was gambling with the Colts to win or if he was gambling on the Colts to lose. Because if it was gambling on the Colts to lose, we've seen the last of Isaiah Rogers in the NFL. I don't think that there's any situation in which he's back on an NFL field playing again when you are involved in betting for your team to lose a game which you are involved in. So that is where he could be in serious, serious trouble. If it's just, not just, but if he's betting on the Colts to win, still very serious. NFL will definitely spend a bare minimum for a year but it's one of those where he will probably be back in the league again. Um, the only question is when, not if. You're betting against the Colts, you're done. See you later. Never to be heard from, uh, never to be heard from again. So that'll do it for this after dark edition of the Blue Horseshoe Pod. And George, if this is not the perfect example of why you always got to be subscribed and downloaded to the Blue Horseshoe Pod on YouTube, Blue Horseshoe Podcast, and uh, wherever do you get your podcasts? I don't know what is because this was, we signed off. About, I don't know, 10 hours or so, eight hours ago, saying, All right, we'll talk to you Wednesday. And here we are, eight hours later, talking again. So sometimes we don't know when the next podcast is going to be. So, in order for you to know it's up to date, subscribing on YouTube, subscribing wherever you do get your pods, best way to always stay up to date. Absolutely. Yeah, hopefully, we're not back again until Wednesday night. Uh, but yeah. we'll see what, what tomorrow brings. That's true. These emergency pods are never good. You know, we're only doing these at this time of the year. It's only for negative news. So you're right about that. There's no blockbuster trade coming. It's only injury news or suspension news. And we got the latter uh, on this Monday evening. So I'll sign off, George, by saying, we'll I'll talk to you Wednesday. 2BD, uh, TBD, maybe we'll be talking uh, to, uh, Tuesday tomorrow. But I think we will be chatting next on Wednesday to kind of wrap up the OTA portion uh, of the off season. So again, make sure you subscribe and download wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube to the blue horseshoe pod. 
Have a great rest of your evening. Great rest of your day for listening on Tuesday or Wednesday. And we'll talk to you on Wednesday right here on the Blue Horseshoe Pod.